This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Live. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia, and I am joined with me today by my usual co-host, Brittany. How are you this morning? Good morning, good morning. Uh, I'm tired of all the weather change. That's about all I got. (laughs) Uh, Before we go any further, uh, for the audience, I lovingly forced Brittany to watch the trailer for Netflix's <laughs> upcoming The Witcher starring Henry Cavill. So, Brittany, did you finish the trailer before our show started? It had like 30 seconds left, but so far I'm loving it. That he He's a very beautiful man. But it is very, like, unsettling to see him with such pale hair uh, because <laughs> we so often see him with dark hair. And then the light eyes, I'm like, oh, he looks a little, uh, not scary, but a little unsettling. But he's still hot, obviously. Well, just you wait until the end of that trailer, because they definitely make him look very, like, vampire-ish with pale skin and, like, red eyes. So I'm going to hold you to it to watch those final 30 seconds after the show is done. But... Uh, it kind of is a nice segue into today's topic, which is actually the top 10 Halloween movies. Now, I know Halloween was on Thursday, so technically we are after the fact, but I will say that if people can keep their Christmas lights up for nine months out of the year and be excited about, and be excited about Christmas shopping literally during the month of August, I can still celebrate Halloween just a mere few days after the holiday actually occurs. So we are going to celebrate the top 10 Halloween movies. Uh, Me personally, Brittany, when I think Halloween movies, I think more of like fun movies. I'm not so much like a scary movie person. I don't think that you need to necessarily be like scared shitless in order to enjoy a Halloween movie, so um, I'm sure plenty of listeners will hear my picks, and they'll be like, oh, where's, you know, Paranormal Activity, where's this, where's that, and I'm, you know what, just let me be, this is my Halloween pick, and that's what I'm going to do, but I'm really excited for this, I think that we should kind of just jump right into it and enjoy. Brittany, what is your number 10 for our top 10 Halloween movies? I think I'm gonna go with Casper. I don't oh, know. If you, I know. I I I remembered it so much growing up, and I loved it. Which is still like you'll have to correct me on some things because it has been so long since I've seen it. But I remember I used to obsessively wait for this movie to come on, and as a kid, I was like, "It looks so good. He looks so real for a ghost." But uh, I always looked forward to it. I always loved Casper's brothers always causing such a shit storm, which still, I don't know if they ever explain it in the movie, 
But, you know, they did explain, hey, Casper died as a child, which is, you know, messed up. But I don't think they ever really describe how the brothers died, which was always the thing. And they always liked being, you know, the bad ghost, which I was just obsessed with as a kid. But uh, I also was obsessed with the house growing up because I'm telling you, that was a giant, gorgeous house. And I just wanted to live in it. But I had such, like, a little kid crush on Casper. So there's my, uh, my uh, what's not guilty pleasure, there's my secret. I had a crush on Casper as a kid because I just thought he was so great for such a, a white blob of uh, plasma, I guess I would say. But uh, I, I always have such fond memories of it because I did always wait. Uh, you know, when all the Halloween movies would play, I just obsessively wait for Casper to come on. That's really cute, actually, that you had uh, a bit of a crush on Casper. <laughs> I know, did it, But it's so interesting. So I wanted to look up while you were talking, but... Um, Casper, the because you know it was anime series. Apparently, it was also based on a comic book. Um, but yeah. the first the first movie was in 1995, and it is the first feature film to have a fully CGI character in the lead role. So that's pretty what? cool. Um, yeah, um, and. Uh, essentially what it's saying is that the film was a much darker interpretation of Casper than, say, in comics, cartoons, and other stuff, right? So that's pretty cool. But, I mean, it has been, it has been a incredibly long time since I've seen this as well, so I don't even think I could really comment, say, on the plot or anything like that. I just remember uh, Casper so fondly just because um, you know, it it reminded me a little bit of say like uh do you remember the page master? I love the page master. I used to obsessively watch it with my grandma. Yeah, and that kind of like a uh, combination between and uh, like Roger Rabbit and stuff, but that like combination of like animation and real life and everything and that's kinda of where Casper goes. You had the CGI with, like, the real-life, you know, people, and I just remember that sticking out. But, yeah, um, now that you think about it as an adult, it's like, oh, Casper. It's like, oh, he was a kid when he died. That's really depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, um, you know, they talk about, um, you know, the whole plot is about the girl moving in, and they're like, the people that move into are trying to figure out, like, how to communicate with Casper, like, do research. But, um, but you know, they never allude to how Casper dies in, like, all of the cartoons. They kind of just go over the fact that legitimately a child died to be Casper. You know what I mean? Like, how, you know, ghosts don't just, you know, appear but in it, it was that he got a severe cold and died of pneumonia, and the whole thing was his father trying to bring him back to life. Oh, like a pet cemetery almost. Yeah, except with children. Great. <laughs> That's I not love, weird at all. I love the cast. I mean, now that I think about it, it's like, 
why haven't they tried to say, like, remake Casper? You know, we're in the era where everything else is being remade, and the idea that Casper hasn't been remade into, like, a really dark sort of telling is very strange. I want to say that um, I'm trying to remember, because I felt like I remembered a sequel to it. Uh, oh, there were but, plenty. There were plenty of sequels. If you look, there were like five of them. Well, that's what I was trying to think. Like there was a cartoon of it, but I felt like there was another live action one. But when I looked, yeah. they never had a sequel or a prequel. But then when I'm looking at the TV series, I don't know if it was animated, and I'm just remembering wrong. But I could have swore there was a sequel. If you go to Wikipedia. There were literally five films. Casper in 1995, Casper, A Spirited Beginning in 1997, Casper Meets Wendy in 1998, Casper's Haunted Christmas in 2000, and Casper's Scare School in 2006. So there were definitely sequels. Oh, yeah, because there was a Casper uh, Meets Wendy. Yeah, I remember. There it is. Casper meets Wendy. I don't remember that one. Oh my god! Like it's like I love that Casper. It's like it's definitely in there, but to remember anything about it or anything about like the other movies, I just don't have it in me. Oh, I know, I know. It's kind of like it's. I wonder if it's one of those movies that I'm just better off never rewatching because then I'm gonna realize that it was never as good as like my kid brain thought. Oh my god, I will tell you. Um, oh my god, what was it? There was this movie. It's not The Princess and the Frog because it, it was something else. It was some other like uh, animated, you know, type of like thing. What'd you say? The Swan Princess? No, it had like something to do with like goblins or something. Anyway. I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. Like, I had the VHS tape. I loved it. My mom always was like, oh, I don't know how you like this movie. But as a kid, I was like, it's my favorite movie of all time. Like, religiously watched it. And then I remember, like, years later, being a teenager and putting it back on. And I was like, this is terrible. So, in a way, in a way, some movies are best left to your fond memories inside of your head. But um, I think Casper is a perfect way to start off our top 10 Halloween movies. Um, And I hope that anyone who's listening also has fond memories of this franchise. I'm going to take the number nine, uh, and I am going to put probably what some would consider uh, not a traditional Halloween movie, but I'm counting it here. And it's a movie that I forced you to watch probably our first time hanging out with each other. And it is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, man. You know what's funny is it was on my list, too, but I literally sat there and went, Tia's going to pick this. Why did I even put this on my list? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) Why are you sorry? You showed it to me. Oh, my God. I love this movie so much. So it came out in... um, 1975, 
And it is, you know, I didn't realize this, but essentially it is a parody of, like, science fiction and horror B-movies from, like, the 1930s through the early 1960s, right? I had no idea when I first saw this movie that that's essentially what it was supposed to be. Um, I just thought it was a kooky 1970s movie because I'm like, cinema was pretty weird, you know, in uh, previous decades. But, um, I mean, this is a cult classic, this movie. Uh, In New York City, they still have live performances of the Rocky Horror Picture Show where people literally run up and down the aisles uh, celebrating and dancing and all that shit. There was a live television um, musical event where Laverne Cox played the role of Dr. Frankenfurter. So it just goes to show you how popular this movie still is to this day, but um, no one does Dr. Frankenfurter better than Tim Curry. Uh, I believe that I was very confused first watching this movie because I was so damn attracted to Tim Curry and he is in full drag. <laughs> I was actually confused too. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> it's like, um, my body, I don't know what's going on with it, but this movie, first of all, has some of the best uh, songs, right, in it. But also very much horror elements because if you think about it, you have Dr. Frankenfurter, who is essentially, uh, I guess, like a Dr. Frankenstein. He wants to make the perfect man, right? And that's his, that's his goal is to make the perfect man. And then, you know, you have these very straight-laced, people, uh, Susan Sarandon, I forget who played her husband in it, but, you know, they stumble upon this mansion uh, on a rainy night, and they are pretty much guests of Dr. Frankenfurter, and he just has these, you know, you know, weird house full of people who, you know, they're making the perfect man. You had Meatloaf in it, who apparently was a former experiment uh, that Dr. Frankenfurter kills in a very horrific way, and then yes. at the end... And then at the end, you find out that they are, in fact, aliens, um, and two of them want to go home, but Dr. Frankenfurter has pretty much, like, taken up root on Earth and is very reluctant to do so. There's just so much in it, but I love this movie so freaking much. It is just a joy to watch. Tim Curry was just effing amazing. And I think you, you said to me, at some point when we were watching it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were like, no one can sing in this movie. And I'm like, I almost think that that was the point. They wanted to get people who just couldn't carry a tune. Because then when you think about it, it was supposed to be a parody. But it is like one of the biggest cult movies of all time. I certainly think it is a Halloween movie because, I mean, it's the Rocky Horror picture show so that's going to be my number nine pick i'm sure i can talk so much more about this but uh Brittany, because it was on your list as well tell me what you think about this this fantastic film i i remember when i told you i've never seen that you were like you know what we're sitting down because i think I, <laughs> I had told you that just a couple of months before uh i don't remember if you were coming here or if i was going there and I was just like, what is this movie? But I love it. Like, I understand the obsession with it. 
but it, it really is a cult classic. My mom would tell me stories about, uh, you know, Main Street here and everything, how there is a uh, giant uh, old theater where it only has one screen and it's just gigantic, and that's where everybody in Batesville used to go watch, you know, their films and everything. So every now and then they'll show old films, but mom told me that when she was a kid and when she was growing up, people would still bring, like, umbrellas and, like, sing along to the song. Like, they would do showing, and that they would bring umbrellas and, like, open them when it's, like, raining outside and do, like, weird interactive things with it because they were so obsessed with it. And I always thought that was so cool. But my mama, she was just like, man, she's like, I didn't think it would be that big, <laughs> you know? But, uh, no, I still people that still song. do that here. Oh, I know. It's like it's still a cult classic. Makes me think of Pulp Fiction, like one of those movies uh-huh. where people are like, "This is the best movie that ever existed." But uh, yeah. what is that song? I I get it stuck in my head, but I can't remember the words right now. It's like "Touch me, I want to be touched." Uh-huh. I, <laughs> when Susan Sarandon's like, "Touch me, I want to be dirty." Yeah, that song. done the deed yet and then Dr. Frankenfurter just opened up her mind. I think what gets me is that it was fairly progressive for its time. Like if you think about it because he sleeps with both the husband and wife or the boyfriend mm-hmm. and girlfriend. I don't know if they're married yet. He they were fiance. Both of them. Yeah. And like oh. being trans back then was not as like it's accepted as it is now. So I have to have it in the film and have it openly where, like, he sleeps with both was very progressive. But you know that I think, unless I read it wrong, Tim Curry hated that role for the longest time. Was like, yeah. because I think, like, the cult following to it or some, I don't know why he hated it so much, but he would talk about how he regretted ever doing it. But they say in more recent times he has, like, accepted the love for it. Well, I think when, you know, you play a character that's so iconic, it sometimes can prevent you from being called to do other, um, you know, stuff. Like, you're sitting there like, yes, this was a role that I did, but I've done all these other roles, and no one seems to really appreciate it that much. And I can see where someone could be, like, a little resentful of it. But it is good that, I guess, in recent interviews, he's realized, like, you know what, this is good. Like, let people enjoy this. And I certainly did. Um, the reaction that you had first seeing this was definitely the re- reaction I first had seeing this movie. Uh, what the hell am I watching? Because it was also – the Rock and Horror Picture Show is one of those movies that always seems to be, like, no one just watches it one day because they're sitting at home and they're like – let me put on this movie and see what's up. It's always that you tell someone that you've never seen the movie and that other person happens to be a giant fan and they're like, sit your ass down and watch this movie because that's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> it's one of those movies that you it's such a ride that you just want to see people's reaction to seeing it the first time. That's kind of like... Uh, another movie that's on this list that I know I already told you about is <laughs> that I get so 
excited when someone sees it for the first time because I just want to see their face twist with, like, disgust. Well, the thing is, like, I always just want to see the look on someone's face the first time Tim Curry comes out and he has, like, the big cape on. And all of a sudden he just opens it up and he's wearing a corset with fishnets and he's singing that he's a sweet transvestite from from Transylvania. And I'm like, I need to know your face when you see this. It is so good. Um, There's so many iconic freaking songs in that. Like, I even love the, damn it, Janet, I love you. (laughs) Oh, no. You're going to have all these songs stuck in my head. I remember when we were, like, just a quick interjection, but Remember when we took that drive and uh, to the lake house and we listened to all the songs like on repeat yeah. for the entire <laughs> drive? Good times, good times. The best was one time I went to karaoke at this bar near my parents' house and literally this group of people sang the time warp. Let's do the time warp again. All right, let me stop singing. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I'm just laughing. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this movie. So definitely is my number nine on our Halloween list, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which before I pass it back to you, Brittany, uh, fun fact. I'm not sure if I just read this or you pointed it out to me, but the guy who played Rocky, because um, which is funny, you know, you think about it like, uh, I don't know where I was going with that point. My whole thing is the guy who played Rocky, the perfect man that Dr. Frankenstein created, didn't do anything else after this movie. This was like his one and only role ever. Um, what? So, yeah, he never did anything else other than this. This is his only film ever. So there you go. But uh, Brittany, what is your number eight for our list? We're doing a lot better, I have to say, by the way, on this list than we did last week. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Um, like with our time management? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am going to have to go with, uh, do you remember Halloween Town? All of mine are going to be like Disney one-off films. Um, I don't think so. I'll look it up. I didn't, oh, I, didn't, I didn't watch the Disney Channel when I was a kid. I was much more into Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. Okay, so Halloween Town is about, uh, and I may butcher it because it has been a long time since I've seen it, but I used to know that Halloween was coming because they would start playing Halloween Town, and I so looked forward to it. Halloween Town was about there's this family of, like, three kids, and a single uh, mother and she won't let them she's never let them celebrate Halloween and they never know why and she just makes them hand out candy well the oldest daughter has been like she always begs to go out on Halloween and they're always like no well turns out I think it's like only on Halloween like the portal between Halloween Town and and you know the regular world is like separated so people can visit so their grandmother visits and that's another reason they're always so excited well it turns out the reason why she doesn't want them accepting Halloween Town 
is because they're actually she was a witch and her grand and the grandmother's a witch and she fell in love with a human so she left all that behind and wanted to raise her children as just like regular people but the grandmother is like no we have to teach them you know they're warlocks and witches so uh I think it's that they end up, like, sneaking over to Halloween Town, but it's such a rush to, like, get them back with all the craziness because if they don't get them back through the portal by the time Halloween Town ends, then um, they're stuck there for, like, a whole year or, like, I think it's every year or every other year. I can't remember how long they would have to stay there. But it was always so good. I was always like, I want to have a secret grandmother that's going to pop up and go, <laughs> you're a witch. You're a witch, Brittany. And magically go to Halloween Town. So, yeah, I was obsessed with it. I thought it was so cool. Though, um, you know, I wasn't really, like, raised this way. But also, I was so worried because, you know, um, I think we've talked about this when people are like, I don't celebrate Halloween or like witchcraft is of like the devil and I was like it's not right that I want to be a witch but I always thought it was so cool so yeah um, I, I was just telling Polly the other day that um, I'm pretty sure as a kid I was dressed up as a witch like three years in a row so I was definitely uh, set on a, on a journey of becoming one but <laughs> the uh, the plot to this sounds very uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, would you uh, say? With kind of like the family of witches and everything. Yes, very much yeah, I, so. Um, I I just looked up and looked it up Halloween Town, and yeah, I definitely have never seen this movie ever. Um, simply You're because it. It was a Disney Channel original movie. I did not, again, I did not watch the Disney Channel growing up. Like, I was Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. So that was my shit. But um, it's, I'm seeing, like, Debbie Reynolds was in it. So you have, like, you know, like a few people who are a little more well-known in this, which is kind of interesting. But, yeah, I know that, like, Disney Channel made a lot of original movies, and they especially do so around, like, the uh, the holiday times for children to enjoy. So if you enjoyed Halloween Town, I am perfectly fine with it being on this list. It's there. It's stuck there. Did you say it's stuck there? <laughs> yep, it's stuck there. I ain't changing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> You know what? That's perfectly fine. I completely accept it. Um, would you say you probably, if you went back and watched it today, would you think that it was so amazing, or would you probably be like, what the hell am I watching? Well, for one, I would sit there and realize that, um, okay, like, their budget, you can tell, wasn't, like, great because it was a Disney. Like, it has its charm. But, like, there's one point that um, the taxi driver is a skeleton, and he legitimately uh-huh. looks like, like um, you know those, like, fake skeletons, like, that they put up for decorations that have all yeah. the joints? You can tell he's, like, so puppeted. Like, he's just, like, 
a, one of those decorations set in the chair, and they, like, slightly animated the face. But you could just, like, feel the strings on the arms to, like, point and stuff. Like, it was, uh, it didn't have the highest budget. <laughs> I feel like none of And he's just, like, in face paint. Like, What'd you say? Brittany I, Brittany, I just messaged you because your connection is not the best right now. Um, sounded like you were very far away and like kind of like womp, 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 and I know that people are not going to hear that on the air. So can you repeat that? Can you hear me better now? Much better. I was saying there was a ghost in it, but he was just like in gray clothing. And, like, his face painted, like, you know, he had body paint on. He did not look ghostly. He just looked like a gray man. (laughs) He just looked like a gray man. You know what? (laughs) A for effort for them trying. I mean, it was in 1998 with probably a very low budget. So, you know what? They did their best, and they got in the holiday spirit. I do know what you mean, like, how there were people who, you know, don't celebrate Halloween and uh, think of it as some sort of nefarious type of holiday. And I uh, I know people quite close to me who feel that way. Um, I'm not going to name names, but, uh, yeah, that to me is silly. It's, it's just a fun holiday, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Speaking of that... What I was going through and just trying to go down memory lane of, like, which movies I love the most, I got suggested a book that was, like, uh, it was, like, a kid's book called, like, Why Don't We Celebrate Halloween? And it was, like, a very religious book about how Halloween was harmful and how to explain to children how it's bad and why you don't do it. And all the reviews were, like, one star, like, what the hell is this? What is this? (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand that. I mean, I don't know. I've celebrated Halloween every year since I was a kid, and I've never felt the need to uh, perform any sort of witchcraft. So I don't know. But, yeah, I I accept your Halloween Town submission for the number eight on our top ten Halloween list because I am sure that you know, there were plenty of people who watched the Disney Channel growing up, and I'm sure that this is on, this is on plenty of people's, like, childhood watch list, and I'm just a freak right here. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to make you watch it the next time I see you. And then you're going to be like, wow, this budget is bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go, man, I just ruined my entire childhood. That's how I felt, like, I love Power Rangers. I loved it. Uh, we had the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger DVD, I mean, not DVD, VHS. And I remember, like, I, the VHS ate it. I mean, like, the player ate it. And oh we ended God. up having to get a new VCR, which I remember because growing up, we had to have, like, a yard sale to pay to get another one because they were expensive. I think I, VCRs, like, when they first came out, they were, like, $500. Like, they were They not were pricey. And I remember, I know it's like a quick interjection, but I remember we had this whole, like, yard sale to pay for it, to get another one. And Dad got home with it. And I don't remember this, but Mom still tells the story that he dropped it on the way in and broke it. And so they had to get a different one. 
But uh, going back onto the Power Rangers thing, I remember, oh, I was like, oh, it's the best movie that's ever existed. I went back and watched it, and it definitely did not have the same charm that I remember it happening. I was like, uh, I was like, like, it was good for the childhood memory, and I remembered why I loved it, but I was like, this is not great. Oh. And a lot of people died that were in the first Power Rangers like series, which I guess is a dark point to go with Halloween. So yeah, there you go, Tia. Did you know that the people who worked on the movie Poltergeist, like a ton of shit bad shit happened to them. Like people who were on the crew died. I think like the young girl got some like some sort of freak disease like, later on in life, like, a lot of shit happened. So I don't want to say I'm superstitious, but if I ever, like, became an actor and they're like, would you like to be part of this movie that has, like, scenes of, like, devils and exorcisms and everything, I'd be like, I'll pass. I'll pass. It's not that I so much believe in it. I just also don't believe in uh, stoking the fire, if that makes sense. And then if something bad doesn't happen to you, you just turn out like the guy from Supernatural and get into ball fight. Exactly, exactly. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to say really quick, TV about movies that you rewatch when you're older and you're like, this is terrible. Um, I remember when I I was younger, you know, and and this goes along with the Halloween theme, but it's not on the list, obviously, because it was really bad. But um, I didn't mind the movie Halloween Resurrection, right? And yeah. and then the day before uh, Halloween, I decided to kind of just flip through the channels, which I never, like, watched cable, but I really didn't know what to watch. So I was just flipping through, and it was like Halloween Resurrection. I'm like, great, it's the day before Halloween. Like, I'll watch this, right? It was so bad. It was so bad because you could tell, like, how – it was so typically like early, uh, not early 19th, like early 2000s. Buster Rhymes was in it. Uh, Tyra oh Banks was in it. <laughs> and it was so bad. Um, <laughs> it was so terrible because like the whole plot is like, you know, apparently they're doing like a reality show where they spend a night in the home, in the childhood home of Michael Myers and, you know, where Buster Rhymes is walking around in a Michael Myers mask to like scare them but then the real Michael Myers appears you know and of and course he's like the first person to die actually Buster Rhymes does not die in it he's like the <laughs> only one he's the only oh I told you Luke Kirby is in it and he's like super young he plays a really like scumbag but he gets killed really terribly Michael Myers just pretty much crushes his head until he's like bleeding from his eyes. It's it's pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, hot. that movie, that movie was terrible. But let's move on. Uh, I'm going to do the number seven, and it is going to be an actual horror movie. Yay! Yay! Um, I mean, it's a horror movie to me. Um, but you know, because to me, my horror movie, uh, like what I like in horror movies are pretty much like the 80s movies, Friday the 13th, Halloween, and A Nightmare on Elm Street, which is what I'm putting Ooh. down as my number seven, because as a teenager, I was obsessed 
with the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Um, and the first one will always have, like, a special place uh, in, say, the horror movie slasher uh, flick kind of genre. And if you ask me if we're going through all of those, like, slasher monsters of the day, Freddy Krueger is the best. First of all, he's the only one pretty much who talks because uh, Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers don't talk. Freddy talks, has a very uh, uh, elaborate personality. And the first Nightmare on Elm Street really just set up, like, who this terrifying creature is, someone who literally invades your dreams. And if you die in your dream, you die in real life, which is terrifying. And you have this guy who is, like, burnt up. He's wearing a freaking Christmas sweater. He has on, like, you know, these gloves, with this glove with knives on it. And he is terrifying because once you fall asleep, you're in his world, right? He controls everything about it. Um, and to me, one is, like, first of all, visually, one of the most, like, eerie visuals is just him always, like, running his blades across like a railing and like the sound that that makes um and there's so many like freaking iconic scenes in a nightmare in elm street you have freaking him like calling up nancy and going i'm your boyfriend now nancy and his tongue is literally like poking through the phone Um, i remember that uh him his claws coming out from the bathtub as Nancy is bathing or him like pretty much stretching the ceiling down while Nancy's sleeping. And let's not forget that he literally uh, sucked a young, that sounds wrong, but I'm going somewhere else with this. He, he sucked a young Johnny Depp through a bed and just had a freaking fountain of blood just spraying in the room. I mean, holy shit. I'm sorry. I was gonna no. bring that up. I was about to bring that up on the list. I used to see like before I had ever seen the movie because remember that's another one that I only watched for the first time with you. And when the fountain of blood happened, I was just like staring. I was just like, Is this real? Is this happening? Am I am I imagining this? Seriously, it is like I'm there to me. There's like no other like iconic ass scene other than that in like the '80s horror movie genre. And I just love A Nightmare on Elm Street. I pretty much love the whole franchise. Obviously, some uh, movies got a little cheesier and campier than others, but I still think it's a pretty solid franchise. Um, Robert England is the best at Freddy Krueger. And we, we have seen that because they tried to do a reboot in 2010, and it just did not do well at all. It just did not capture what Robert England uh, has captured. And it's so funny because, um, I don't know if you know this, there's this show on uh, cable called uh, The Goldbergs. And it's really, like, endearing. It's a charming, like, sitcom and everything. It takes place in the 80s, and apparently, like, it's kind of based off the creator's, like, life and all that stuff. Well, they got, apparently, I didn't see the episode, but they got uh, Robert England to be back in Freddy Krueger costume for an episode, right? Which, of course, brought people to ask him, like, oh, would you ever do another 
Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think he kind of said, he's like, I'm too old to do all that, like, physical movement, you know, and you have to realize that it probably is a lot physically on him. So he was saying that, but it's like, oh, like, we've had so many Halloweens, we've had so many Friday the 13th, and, you know, with Halloween 2018 doing so well, they're coming out with a sequel. I'm sure they're going to come out with another Friday the 13th, but it seems almost like A Nightmare on Elm Street is untouchable because of how good Robert England was in it. So that's my number seven submission. Brittany, what are your thoughts on this? I was going to say definitely about uh, Robert uh, England, I think is how you say his name. He's 72 now. I would say, yeah. like, that might be a little hard for him to just uh, wrestle up, but... Uh, no, I love that movie. It's so scary, though. I, it makes me think of, uh, there was a different movie. I never saw it, but I used to see commercials with it for a kid, as a kid, which I had terrible nightmares as a kid. And it was like, oh, if you fear it, it can get you, which is a fear in itself. So the notion that, oh, if you learn about Freddy Krueger and then fall asleep, then you're in his world. Like, the thought of him makes it where, like, just knowing about him mm-hmm. is enough to, like, let him into your dreams. And that's just utterly terrifying. I would just, like, I and it, it's amazing. I think they've touched on this in other movies where, like, it almost drives them mad where they're like, I just would rather kill myself than fall asleep, which is utterly well, terrifying. Yeah. Well, yeah, and but, really quick, um, that is kind of the plot behind, say, Freddy versus Jason is at this, because in the franchise, as it kept going, right, they, the town of Springwood did its damn best to make sure that they erased Freddy Krueger from everything. They blacked out his name on stuff. They started giving kids, you know, sleep medication. And Freddy versus Jason was not the first, um, you know, movie to have, like, kids go away to mental asylums because of Freddy Krueger. Like, they touched upon that in, like, uh, the third one in Freddy's Dead, like, that, you know, they pretty much did all that so that as the generations went on, people forgot about Freddy Krueger. And so that is even why in Freddy vs. Jason, he even uses Jason to help bring back his memory because he can't invade them if he doesn't have it. But all they need is a name. All they need, they don't even really need to fully know who he is. They just need to go, huh, Freddy Krueger. And there you go. He has access to you. I think it's like he almost enters your subconscious that way, which they say that your dreams are your subconscious anyway, so that would make sense. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, everything is, like, utterly terrifying with Freddy. I mean, because this whole thing is that he was a child murderer in – uh, in real life, like the whole lore of Freddy to me is terrifying because he was a child murderer um, and he had a wife and a kid. And because his uh, wife discovered his basement where he obviously had pictures of the children who were going missing and had like his knife gloves, um, she, you know, obviously caught it. And then Freddy, and they, they did, they depict this, I believe, in Freddy's Dead. Um, but he ends up killing his wife, his daughter sees, right? And his daughter, being a young kid, tells the authorities. 
they arrest Freddie, but because there was a problem with a signature on the arrest record, he's let go. And then um, at this point, he worked at like in a boiler room, right? So he was there taking shelter pretty much because he knew that the town was angry. So the town um, went in, essentially took justice into their own hands and threw Molotov cocktails into the factory, into the boiler room, killing him, right? Um, which is why he has all the scars. And then the whole thing is that he apparently made a deal with the devil to uh, keep killing. Um, and that is how he is able to do what he does. And he decides to take revenge on the children of all the people who killed him. That's the whole thing. All the people See, that he's... That the... Go ahead. I was say, isn't that, like, I don't remember, isn't he afraid of fire? Yeah, yeah, he's extremely, because that's what kills him. He's extremely afraid yeah. of fire. Um, and that's even, like, why in Freddy versus Jason, like, they use it to try to, you know, intimidate him because he still has that. You know, it's all about fear. You know, he's always like, you know, because he kills people with what they're most afraid of, but then he's most afraid of fire. Like Jason is afraid of water. Water. I also love Freddy vs. Jason. That's also an amazing movie. And Me again. Like, one together. Pretty much all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were pretty good. Um, he, They even had this one called Wes Craven's New Nightmare which was essentially like a meta type of movie because Robert England was playing himself, playing Freddy Krueger, right? But then the real Freddy Krueger started invading his dreams. And he's like, you're what? not real. You're just, Freddy you're just Inception? Yeah, he was like, you're just a character that I play. And it's like, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> oh, well, shit, Tia. I know. But I love A Nightmare on Elm Street. This shit is so good. And as I said, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to get another Nightmare on Elm Street. Because I don't know if you saw the 2010 one. It really wasn't that good. I mean, I saw where they were going with it. But what makes, like, Freddy Krueger so great is how playful he is. And the guy that they got wasn't as playful. Like, there was one playful moment, like, He's, like, attacking Nancy, and she's, like, fuck you, and he's, like, maybe later. But, like, uh, uh. and the one thing that they did change in, in the 2010 version is that they made him a child molester because apparently they wanted to do that with the original one, but because it was in the 80s and everything, like, the studios were, like, uh-uh, that's not going to, like, we can't market that. We can't be, like, here, take you know, your kids or your teenagers to go see this, like, slasher film and it's about a child molester. So they're like, yeah, oh, well, well, murder makes it better. This is how fucked up our, our society is. You know, you can't show sex, right? And you especially say can't show sex uh, with a girl, you know, getting, you know, oral sex received on her. But you can show someone being beheaded, nails being pulled off. That's all fine, Ooh. right? Like, did you hear about that whole, um, oh, God, what is the movie called? Oh, my God, Booksmart. Apparently, like, in this movie Booksmart that came out, um, there was, like, uh, a lesbian sex scene, and Delta, like, took it out for the showing of the movie, like, on the airline. And it's, like, if that was, like, say, a heterosexual, you know, sex scene, would they have taken it out? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, 
our movie industry is so weird with like what they allow and what they don't allow. And again, as you said, it's like, yeah, child murder, so much better, right? But um, you know, that's so getting... interesting because of two points I need to make real quick is mm-hmm. one. Delta is funny like that. But then also when I came to see you, they had, you know, posters like inside, you know, when you're going down like uh, between the airport and the plane, like that little hallway that they have, which I don't know what the boarding, I don't know what to call it. It it had posters that were like supporting like gay marriage and gay people, but then they do stuff like that. And I'm like, are you just wanting like the PR of it, but not like wanting to like quote unquote offend people? So that confuses me. And then on another point, what was it? Oh, the word fuck. I learned in broadcast, like uh, from my oral comm teacher who used to do broadcasting. He said, oh, like the SEC fine, I think. He said, if it's describing an act, it's more, it, the fine is more expensive than the fine for like, oh, just using it as an explicitive. And I was like, that's so weird. That's so silly. Really quick, if you want, there's this movie out there and it's called, and the movie's literally called This Film Is Not Yet Rated. And it is a whole, like, exploration on how movies are rated, um, how they get, like, a PG, a PG-13 type, you know, rating, how they're criticized. And there was some movie that they were talking about that, like, uh, the movie really didn't have a whole lot, but then it had uh, this scene where this girl, where a guy was, like, you know, going down on her and she was having an orgasm. And that was the only scene, like, like that in the movie, right? And they wanted to give it an NC-17 rating. And they were like, but then you have all these other films where, like, there's fucking, there's rape, there's murder, there's this, there's that. And it's like, and that just gets an R rating. But, you know, R's, you know, gets an NC-17, which is pretty much a guarantee that no one is going to either see it in theaters and no theater is going to freaking show it. So you already set it up to fail. In the words of John Bernthal, no humping, no humping. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which, if you know, really quick, oh, my God, before we move on to the next one, uh, AMC really is serious about that because uh, Halt and Catch Fire is an AMC original. And if you look, anytime they show, like, Cameron or um, Joe having sex, they're never moving. They're kissing, and they're, like, panting but they're never actually moving. And it's like, it's so weird. And then I realized, I'm like, it's AMC. No nothing. I think what gets me about those scenes is I was always so confused. And I was like, because then they would just finish. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Did they finish? Like, what? You know, like, because at the end, because there was nothing before, it just looked like they were, like, making out up against the wall, and then suddenly, like, they're buttoning up, and I was like, what? I'm confused. Yeah. Did y'all just, or, like, make out with, like, pants on the something? Or they would show Gordon and Donna, and they'd be kissing, and the next scene is them, like, you know, in bed, post-coital bliss and everything, and it's like, oh... This AMC is no humping. <laughs> not humping. Oh, wait, no, not humping. No thrusting. That's no what thrusting. it was. No they were thrusting. Yelling, they were yelling at John Bernthal because he was thrusting. <laughs> no thrusting. He's like, You're Elvis. a married man, John. 
He's like Elvis. Control them hits. Um, but Control them hits. That's a that's a different topic for a different day. Let's move right along because we are doing the top ten Halloween movies. Brittany, what is your number six? I'm gonna go with. Um, have you seen the Haunted Mansion? The what? With Eddie Murphy. Oh my god! Probably like a really, really, really long time ago. I oh, was obsessed with this movie. I saw this movie. I think, oh, really quick, before you go any further, I saw this movie when I was in, um, on vacation with my parents to St. Martin, and we were on the French side. And I watched this movie, and it was dubbed in French and had English subtitles. So imagine Eddie Murphy talking, but French words are coming out. Um, what? I know. <laughs> Love it. No, but, you know, this movie, you think about it, it was popular enough that they put it into their Disney amusement park. You know, the ride where, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but they had a ride where uh, it goes through, but there's mirrors along the side, and you would sit, but, uh, like, you would have an open spot next to you. And you're like, well, why aren't they filling it up? But it's because if you looked in the mirror, there was ghosts sitting next to you. And I always thought it was, like, the neatest thing as a kid. But this movie is about uh, Eddie Murphy and his family uh, moving into – I don't know if they're, like, moving into the mansion or they're, like, working on selling it. I can't remember the plot as well. But uh, basically it's all just a ploy because the guy that owns the house believes that Eddie Murphy's wife is, like, his reincarnated love and that it was all just a ploy to get them there. But um, there's, like, a curse on the house that, like, these spirits can't leave, and there's even, like, a big cemetery. And it's just Eddie Murphy dealing with all of it. But he's always, like, busy, so his wife feels neglected, his son feels neglected, and so it's basically him having to stand up and be like a father, father, and it's all about him trying to protect them. And it's just this wild ride. But I remember just watching this movie over and over again. But the biggest part I remember is uh, hearing the song very superstitious. <laughs> Because they played it all throughout this. Like, I don't know if they started with the beginning and the end like that, and it always got stuck in my head. So, yeah, I love the haunting. <laughs> I also really love the ride as a kid. I was going to say, I looked up, and actually it was the other way around. The Haunted Mansion, the movie, was made because of the... Uh, yeah. So what? But and it's not the only one. This it says this is Disney's fifth film based on an attraction at one of its theme parks. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, was also based off um, an attraction at a theme park at one of their theme parks. So it isn't like the first time. Yeah. So the Haunted Mansion is based off of the attraction. But I remember this just for the sole fact of the fact that we were in St. Martin on the French side. And so for those who don't know, St. Martin, half of the island is Dutch, half of the island is French. And on the French side, they very much do speak French, like everywhere in the stores, restaurants, you know, that's their language that they speak. 
So um, I was watching The Haunted Mansion. It came up, and it was dubbed in French and had English subtitles. So it was just so hilarious, uh, you know, seeing Eddie Murphy, you know, his mouth moving, but it was clearly not his voice. <laughs> um, oh, my and that's where I remember. Yeah, and that's why I remember this movie. But that's really funny. Um, oh my God, Eddie Murphy was just so freaking hilarious. Like I'm so happy that he's making a comeback. Oh, that's why it's like it is weird because I watched so much Eddie Murphy as a kid, and then suddenly it was like he just appeared. And um, I don't know if it was because of. You know, because there was that whole thing about him picking up a prostitute and that hurt his image a little bit as, like, I think um, a star for children. But also, I'm like, if you've heard that man in an actual, like, um, he was he was almost like a, a shock comic. Like, he was vulgar. I've listened to some of his stuff. I was like, he was not child-friendly. He he was child friendly in his movies, but his stand up, because um, I think he also came out with a recent stand up. He has always been very uh, not child friendly in his stand up. Um, he was very much like a Richard Pryor. Um, but yeah, no, I know people are like, <laughs> you know, if something something you know offends you, imagine listening to Eddie Murphy during stand up or something like that. It's like you'll be shocked. And it's like, uh, you know, it, it's comedy. But his movies definitely were always a little bit more child-friendly. And maybe that's how he, like, you know, is able to express himself on two fronts, right? It's like, okay, I have my child-friendly, you know, film career that sells. And then when I want to be vulgar and shit, I just do stand-up. It's kind of like Robin Williams, as much as, like, you know, we all loved him growing up. His stand-up is dirty. I was, like, on, like, a 13-hour drive, and I was listening to comedy, and Robin Williams came up, and I was like, oh, this is going to be cute. And then he's saying, fuck, like, out the butt, like, just, like, a <laughs> vulgar bar. And I was like, Robin Williams! I didn't know! Exactly. Most most comments are pretty dirty, I will say. They are pretty dirty, but um, I love that you put the Haunted Mansion down on this just because uh, I love this because I feel like our list is things that probably not everyone would consider maybe like on their Halloween list because we're uh, we're obviously not as much on the horror genre as we are more on like uh, the entertaining, lighthearted uh, genre. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I like about Halloween is it doesn't always have to be um, make you cry Halloween. (laughs) Which I don't like. I don't want to, you know, go to the movies, pay for them, or even sit down for a few hours and watch something and be terrified the whole time. I don't find joy in that. Maybe that makes me a freak, but that is not how I roll. (laughs) We all freaks here, baby. (laughs) Um, but I'm going to move on to the number five spot and I'm going to pick actually a movie that probably is a little bit typical. My picks now are going to get a little more, uh, on the mainstream level. And this movie is interesting because apparently they announced recently that Disney plus is planning on producing a sequel and hopes to get all of the original cast in it. And it is Hocus Pocus. Please tell me, Brittany, that you've seen Hocus Pocus. 
It was on my list. Oh, do you want me to pick another one? Because I can't. No, no, it's okay. You do. I'll find something else. It is fine. But no, I love it because as soon as you said Disney Plus sequel, and I was seeing that everybody was on board, I was like, yes, yes, I know what this <laughs> is. Continue. <laughs> I love Hocus Pocus. Um, I absolutely love it. It was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies growing up as a kid, Uh, the Sanderson sisters, and how they would just, like, you know, the whole whole plot, right, you know, moves into a new town and accidentally, you know, awakening uh, a bunch of witches who were dormant for hundreds of years. I mean, it was pretty dark if you think about it because the first, what opening scene was them all being lynched pretty much. So, um, you know, there's that. Nice kids yeah. movie, right? Um, you know, the whole thing is that they want to suck the souls out of little children, which, you know, again, nice, wonderful. Uh, yeah. I love this movie. This movie's freaking iconic. I mean, you got the talking cat, you got the Sanderson sisters, Bette Midler is just so freaking hilarious. Um, I love the line, go to hell. Oh, all raised in there. It's quite lovely. Um, you know. And I love when, like, they're, you know, uh, out and about, and there's all the trick-or-treaters, and they see the one guy who's dressed up as the devil, and they're like, father, and they really are sitting there thinking that this guy is legitimately the devil. I mean, it's just so freaking hilarious. Bette Midler singing, I got a, I, you know, I put a spell on you, which is the first time I ever heard that song, um, and I love Billy, the zombie, you know, who had his, like, mouth sewn up, and then when they, like, you know, cut it open, and he's all, like, F you to the Sanderson sisters. I like, spitting out the cobwebs and everything. (laughs) I love Billy. Oh, I love this movie. Oh, my God, it's so good. It's, like, I'm torn about the idea of a sequel because I don't think that it's so untouchable. But at the same point, I'm like, do we need a sequel? Because what are you really going to do? You know, it was one of those things where it was great and it was funny because it was a little hokey. It was a little corny, um, you know, a little low budget. And it's like, you can't get away with that really today, right? You can't really get away with something that's a little more low budget and a little more like kooky. You know, but you could back then. That's what makes those things, like, those movies endearing. But I don't know, like, how they really would be able to do it. And, you know, um, uh, I hate to say this. It's going to sound terrible, Brittany. But that number is pretty old. Is she going to be able to do, like, you know, that role again? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, I don't know who the other... Uh, actress was, but yeah, I I don't know. Like, are they going to get Sora Birch to come back? But um, Brittany, because this is also on your list, I want you to kind of gush about it as well. <laughs> I was sitting there. I was trying to think. You know, I guess they're going to do the plot off of obviously they're probably pretty wounded, and that like, oh, that explains why they look older and they're trying to get their youth back. So that does kind of make sense to me, but I'm also like, dang, they're going to be older. And you're right that, you know, these were, I think, I don't know if they ever went to theater. I don't know if they just showed up on TV or not. You'll have to it remind me. To 
It went to theater, but it actually did really terrible in the box office. This is one of those movies that became popular from rerunning on TV and become and going into like syndicate. Um, it's an original theater run. It was not it was not a financial success, but then it became a cult classic. Okay, that makes sense because I always remember. I think that also played on Disney. I'm trying to think. There's like so many movies it's that always good. played on, on the Disney Channel, and that's where I would watch it because I would only go to the Disney Channel when I wanted to watch those movies. Because I, like you, I I hung out a lot in Cartoon Network with Courage the Cowardly Dog and Dexter's <laughs> Lab Laboratory, but um, but no, I love that movie because I always loved Binks the cat. And I always loved, uh, I always laughed so hard when I was older about, uh, which I don't know why they so frowned on it because they were uh, basically kids that were, it's like, oh, you know, a virgin has to light the candle. And they're like, way to go, virgin. You uh, you lit the candle. But, uh, and I love that it was the guy that did it because it's just, it was such a cute movie. Except for all the messed up things that happened, and um, I always thought it was really dark that Bink's sister died. And yeah. But, but at least he got freed, and I don't know how they're gonna do that. Are they gonna bring another animal in? Because Bink's was a big part of that movie, was having the talking cat. Like Bink's was my favorite part of that movie, besides you know, um, Winifred. She was my favorite witch. I think she was all of our favorite witches. I also oh, like the yeah. Disney one. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker played the Disney one, who's always like, boys, boys. Um, I love that Midler. So she was, because so, she was like, you know, the uh, the cantankerous one, and she was certainly done with her sister's shit. But um, do you remember being a kid? and watching this movie and being so sad when the cat got ran over and you were like, oh, my God, is he dead? And it's like, no, because he already was dead. So then all of a sudden he just started, like, inflating again. <laughs> uh, the inflating freaked me out so much as a kid because I, I've always been very imaginative. And I imagine, like, his ribs popping back into place and, like, everything mm-hmm. else. And it, like, grossed me out so bad as a kid. <laughs> oh my I God. have zero I just, shame. I just remember being so like, like oh my God, not the cat. <laughs> um, I loved this movie. Um, I would watch it again certainly, and I feel like it would still be good to this day because it was just so much fun, you know. And Bette Midler. Uh, now that I think about it, you would have to have a second Hocus Pocus with Bette Midler because she makes it. She was, like, the best part out of that movie. If you don't have her, really, what do you have, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, because literally she is the best part. I don't even think if they they couldn't bring in a lookalike. They really couldn't have that movie without her, which if I was her, I'd be negotiating. I'd be like, bro, this movie don't happen without me. I'm the best part (laughs) of this movie. (laughs) I mean, she really is. She was just like, her uh, quips were on point, her personality, um, the fact that, you know, she certainly wrangled all of her sisters because they were uh, not the brightest bunch, let's admit that. 
Her mouth and eyes are like what I remember the most about everything. <laughs> like her eyes are so expressive. Like you know, like when her eyes would go so wide and she'd kind of move back, like ooh. Like with her lips pursed, it was the best thing. I loved it. I love Hocus Pocus, and I'm glad that it was on your list as well because then at least uh, we both know that you have good taste. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, I was going to say, because I I could feel you moving onto my spot, would you rather what I suggested or, because I I am open to both, I love both movies, I know I'm uh, going off a little different than normal, but would you prefer what you suggested or Scooby-Doo in the ghoul school? Um, I, whatever you want. You said that you needed suggestions, so that's why I messaged you privately about that. Um, so it's up to you. It's, up, it's your pick, girl. I have mine. I know what I'm going to pick. I want to go with uh, Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School because I was obsessed. Like, I know I keep saying I was obsessed, but I'm telling you, Halloween was all, when all these movies would come out. And this is an older movie. It was... It was uh, it was made in 1988, I believe. Have you seen it before I go into fully explaining it? Um, I have to look because I used to watch so many of the Scooby-Doo movies, which I have to say, not the live action, but the animated ones were like some of the best shit ever. But I have to see, yes, yes. Oh, my God. I'm looking at the <laughs> I This is definitely my favorite one of the Scooby-Doo freaking animated movies. Oh my god, I love this one. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me stop talking. No, no. <laughs> I, I love it because I love this one, except uh, we can all uh, agree that Scrappy-Doo is the worst part of any Scooby-Doo oh, he's movie. he's so annoying. Scooby-Doo I don't know why. Movie. I, I don't know why they ever thought that he was like, you know, so marketable. He was annoying as shit. Uh, no, I know. I think that he was supposed to like appeal to younger children, but everybody was just like, please. I love that they made, by the way, before I go on, that they made him a villain in the live action one, that he was the main villain, which is hilarious. But um, no, I love that movie so much because uh, I, I love that it was, by the way, an all girls school, and you had like all the, the champions of the scary world, like daughters, like it was very prestigious you had the mummy you had um, Frankenstein, Frankenstein. Uh, you know, yeah Dracula, Dracula werewolf uh I try to remember who all else was in it but I always loved it so much especially because they would go up against the all boys school that was super mm-hmm. prestigious and they would cheat to like get away ahead um also, I'm trying to remember, wasn't there a weird, like, branch guy, like, a tree guy with, like, that was creepy crawly, and um, you had the lady that was wanting to, like, brainwash these children, like, because she wanted to use them, because, oh, well, monsters don't scare like they used to, so I can, like, make these daughters, like, a horrible thing again, but all these monsters didn't want to even scare anymore, but, um, I love Scooby-Doo and Shaggy basically being, like, the mom and dad taking care of their <laughs> children. Yeah, because didn't, didn't, like, the monsters pretty much tell them, like, you better take care of our daughters or some shit like that? Yes. I don't know. 
<laughs> they were all like protective, like fathers, and they they uh, had a part where they're like, oh, you know, our daughters, blah, blah. but then they cornered Shaggy and uh, Stewie, like, oh, if anything happens to our daughters, you know, like threatening all these things that they would do, and they're just like, oh God, please. And that was another reason why when that lady kept trying to kidnap them, they're like, bruh, we don't want their daddies to, like, beat us. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this one. Because, again, I watched a lot of the animated movies, and I thought they were all really good. Um, and I was just trying to, like, remember. But this was my favorite one. Like, this, I'm, I'm not kidding you, Brittany. This is my favorite one out of all of them because I love the plot. I love the whole boys' school, uh, school versus a girls' school. Like, everything about it was so good. Um, it brings back, like, such happy memories. And I can't believe that this was from 1988. Um, I would have never guessed that. I would have thought that I it was made older, much later. didn't it? No, I thought it was, like, uh, you know, like, younger. That doesn't sound right. But I thought it was made in, like, the 90s. I didn't realize that it was made in the 80s. Well, when I looked at the animation, I was like, you know, I was kind of going through earlier. And I was like, man, I was like, I always felt like this movie was so old because, you know, I had watched it since since I could remember watching movies because, you know, I was born in 1944. Not 44. 19, I, I'm a wizard, Harry. Yeah, apparently. Um, um, or a vampire, apparently, um, 1994. And so I grew up with a lot of these movies where they were already out by the time I came out. So my parents had already got me the, the VHSs for them. So I remember, I still have a huge box of VHS tapes. And I had a lady that was like, can I buy them? And I was like, no, my childhood, you don't touch my childhood. I'm never going to touch these, but I'm going to hoard them. But um but, yeah, I just for some reason felt like it was older, but I think that's because I grew up on the OG Scooby-Doo, which was, like, what, made in the 70s? Scooby-Doo, where are you? Cute interjection, apparently. Uh, my parents would talk about how obsessed with Scooby-Doo I was when I was little, but they said I couldn't say his name, so I would call him Doo-Doo. I don't want to watch Doo Doo. Why so, yeah. doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> because it's um, me. Um, I, I have to tell you really quick. There was this Scooby Doo. Um, recently, there was a Scooby Doo comic book um storyline, right? I forget what it was yeah. called now. But it was much darker because they also have, like, the more, like, traditional Scooby-Doo comic right now, uh, which is very much like what you're used to from the original cartoon. But they had this one. It had, like, 60 issues to it that was, like, really, like, adult and dark um, and very serious. And it it was actually really good. Like, I, I read a few of them, and I was like, holy shit, like, I would watch a movie about this. Like, this would be a great adaptation, like a darker version, more serious, like, at this point, Shaggy and Velma are together um, and all that. Like, it was really good. Um, But I grew up on Scooby-Doo. I loved it. And, yes, Scrappy was the most annoying little shit ever. 
I do not yeah. know why they thought he was so marketable because he certainly was. I, I have no idea. But you know what's also a really good um, Scooby Doo movie around the Halloween time that uh, mm-hmm. has one of the best songs? Which one? I, actually, I can't remember the name. Remember with the cat ladies? Like, this island, like, inhabited with, like, a shit ton of cats. And there was, like, were cats. Mm, yes. Oh, my gosh. Scooby-Doo Zombie Island. Yes, this was great, too. I just looked Zombie, up the picture. I can't remember what that song was. But I was obsessed, and somebody brought it up on Reddit the other day, and I listened to that song like three times in a row. But I didn't listen to it quite as many times as that one song you sent me from that freaking movie with uh, the guy that's played by Boyd. I mean, the Oh, my Boyd. gosh. <laughs> Misbehaving. <laughs> uh, you're dead to me. I thought that that was a real song, by the way, quick interjection, but they made it specifically for the show, and apparently, no. I'm, and I'm apparently not the only one who has it stuck in my head. If you go on Twitter and you look up, like, the righteous gemstones misbehaving, everyone's like, what's more uh, annoying, I mean, what's more um, addictive, whatever, whatever, or <laughs> misbehaving? And running around with a pickle in your mouth. I was like, man, that sounds sexual. Well, his character in that show is a whore. See, in the current timeline, he's an old guy, and his, like, new, like, young thing is a real young thing, like, like, can't be more than, like, 19 young thing. Oh, God. and he's like an old man at this point, like white hair and everything. And there's a scene where he's like, he turns to her as they're driving. And he's like, who wants to suck an old man's dick? And it's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> That's everything to you. That's everything. Still, Walton Goggins is a treasure, but... <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that man. <laughs> I, I, girl, I do too. I, I can't even blame you. Nope. Nope. Not at all. But uh, let's move on. I have to say, Brittany, you just brought back so much like childhood memories right now um, because I both love Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School and Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island with the like, creepy cat people, the werecats. Their transformation was freaking awesome and unsettling. And everything else. Oh, my God. I'm, like, looking at, like, pictures. This is perfect. This is, like, definitely. This is everything. I love that picture you sent me with the little dragon. Both of these. Both of these were so good. Like, I now really need them to come out with more Scooby-Doo movies. Like, it's a need, you know? Um, I feel like the live-action ones ruined the franchise a little, but... The cartoons were awesome. Um, just they were slapping. So huh? They were slapping. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So I am – is it my turn? It's my turn, right? Yes, it is. All righty. Let's do this. Um, oh, God. Okay. So my number three is a classic. 
Um, and it is one of my favorite Halloween movies of all time. It was certainly one of my favorite childhood movies of all time. And I hope it's not on your list either, Brittany, but um, I think I already know what your next one is going to be. So. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, my third one is Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, no, you called him. No. <laughs> and I think we talked about this when we did the top ten movies from the 80s, but I love this movie. Certainly one of the best Tim Burton movies, one of the best Michael Keaton movies, one of the best uh, Winona Ryder movies. Oh, my God. This is the movie that every goth child loved, uh, you know, with um, what you call it, Winona Ryder's. I keep wanting to say Winona Earp for some reason. Um, but uh, Winona we Ryder. know why. We know why. But Winona Ryder's character, when she's like, I myself am, am strange and unusual. Like, that that was, like, the calling of every goth kid out there. But it's just <laughs> such a freaking great movie. Um, and it's really funny. I read this article recently, because, you know, Halloween time, obviously, that was pointing out things from Beetlejuice that you probably missed, right? And one of them was um, how, say, all of the people who were working, say, in management, right? Like, uh, you know, because the whole thing is, like, they die, right? And then they go and they have to get checked out and they have to fill out paperwork and, you know, all this, like, crazy shit that you're like, oh, God, I hope the afterlife is not like that. But um, you find, like, if you notice all the people who work, like the secretaries and all that, are the people who have committed suicide because, Remember the one girl, the one green woman who's at the, like, front desk? She's like, if I knew what I knew back then now, she's like, I would have never had an accident and, like, shows her wrist, and they're obviously flashed. And it's like, oh, shit, you know? Um, So, like, little things about Beetlejuice that even I... Like that all the management killed themselves? Yeah, all the management, like, you know they're there because they had committed suicide and it's like just little things like that that I've never like noticed say about Beetlejuice right um and the fact that like someone pointed out that he actually Beetlejuice himself actually says the f word and like like grabs his junk at some point in the movie and how and how inappropriate it was because if you think about it Beetlejuice is pretty much like a decomposing dead guy who's obviously been dead for quite a while is marrying um, Winona Ryder, who is 14 in the movie. So, oh, <laughs> great. That's not creepy. Oh, I know. I Why did know. he want to marry her? Um, pervert, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Cause I didn't know if there was, like, a plot to that of, like, coming back or, like, something, or he just wanted to marry her. Well, the whole thing was that it was, like, an agreement, you know, like, he would stop kind of, like, haunting them and all that if he she agreed to marry him. And I guess he just, you know, thought that she was attractive and wanted, like, her as a wife. Um, but, oh, you know, okay. that... That's creepy, and you see at some point in the movie, like, him coming out of a whorehouse. So, but this movie is great, and I love the cartoon that followed it, which is hilarious because if you look at it, right, 
like you have the movie where obviously Beetlejuice is the bad guy and the adversary, but then we had the cartoon where him and Lydia, who, you know, was Winona Ryder's character, are like friends. Like she frequently calls him in the cartoon. Uh, so I don't know. I just love Beetlejuice so much. And it's one of those things where it can be a standalone movie, but they have talked for years about a potential sequel. And Michael Keaton is still just so good. We've seen, like, he's still got it. I wouldn't mind him coming back and reprising the role as Beetlejuice. Let's see, like, um, quick thing. First off, he wanted to marry her so he could return to the world of the living. And then second mm. off, the original script, he tries to rape her. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. Beetlejuice ain't a great guy. Nope. <laughs> nope, he is not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could have a sequel for this. Like, Beetlejuice coming back, Lydia is now an adult, and him trying to, like, you know, whittle his way into her world again. I mean, you could have, like, a plot there. It doesn't have to be, say, like, anything complicated. There you go. I just came up with a sequel for you right then and there. But, uh, yeah. I love Beetlejuice. Uh, Brittany, what are your thoughts about Beetlejuice? I was say, um, I think, like, I've only seen it, like, I don't even know if I've ever actually seen it in its full entirety. Oh, my God, uh, Brittany. I know, I know. I would always see clips, and I was like, this is scary. Which, it had some it very adult creepy. themes for, like, a kid's movie. I can't remember if mom not. and dad wouldn't let me watch it or they just weren't interested in making sure that I saw it. But uh, I think the closest I'd seen it is, quick story, uh, we used to have a clothing store and it was open next to a video rental store and the people would let me check out any movie I wanted and bring it over there and watch it while my parents worked. And I think I picked up Beetlejuice, but I think that's why I don't remember it all the way through, because I probably was a distracted child. But I remember, like, when he gets, like, the creepy green teeth or, like, his, like, tentacles. Doesn't he have, like, tentacles at some point? Or, like, the black and white attire always gets me. Uh, He gets, like, a weird form. I'm trying to remember. I'm piecing it together. But um, I definitely remember, though, the the, uh, the couple that die, and it's, like, that plot of them there. And they're like, aren't they wet? Because they technically drowned. So they're just constantly um, they're not constantly in that state. Wet. They're not constantly wet. They become dry at some point. But they're also the worst ghosts ever. The whole thing is that they're trapped in that house for a certain amount of time before they're able to be free. And they're like, there's a book, like, you know, like, what to do when you're dead, pretty much. Um, I forgot the actual name of it. But there's a book that, like, you know, it's like, oh, scaring the new inhabitants of your house. And they're just terrible at it. That's the whole reason why they call Beetlejuice in the first place, because, you know, they don't like these new people in their house because they're, like, you know, rebuilding it. They're putting all this, like, weird decoration, and they want them out, but they're horrible at being ghosts like they're really terrible so Beetlejuice pretty much has like an advertisement that he'll get people out of your house for you 
like he does it in very like whereas you know like you know you're just supposed to haunt them and scare them a little Beetlejuice will like literally kill them and shit oh like he, yeah so that's why he's so like uh persona non grata in the uh in the community pretty much well that's great um he sounds horrible but, you know, it's funny for, like, all the awfulness is that Beetlejuice was, like, the obsession of every kid in my school that was either going through a goth phase, emo phase, or anything. Like, they were like, he's so hot. And I was like, I get that his personality can be uh, what you wanted, but I don't exactly think his, like, rotting flesh is attractive, but okay. Okay, but I was one of those kids. Just you know. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't judge you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, well, maybe a little. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, but I just love Beetlejuice. Um, I think not only was it popular because of the movie and it being like, like first of all, everyone loves Tim Burton. Like, if you're a goth kid and you love, like, Halloween and spooky shit, you love Tim Burton because that's his, his shtick, you know? Um, yeah. But I don't think it's just because of the movie. I think it's because there was a cartoon TV show that came later. Oh, I remember that. So, yeah, so I think it was a combination of not just, say, the movie, but also the TV show because the TV show, um, you know, put, made Beetlejuice less of a villain. You know, him and... and uh, and Lydia were friends, you know, so I think that was, like, another reason why maybe Beetlejuice is so popular was because of the cartoon as well, so, and now it's a Broadway play, like, there, there's a Beetlejuice Broadway play now, so the obsession for Beetlejuice has not gone anywhere, people still love it to this day, I still love it to this day, so, yeah. There was a thing on Reddit when I saw that fact, that uh, he tried to rape her in the original script, and somebody goes, well, that would have made the TV show awkward. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fair. I mean, he did marry her. That was re- weird. And I think we all knew what was going to happen after that. So, yeah. oh, someone, pointed out so- she was, someone pointed out she was wearing red, right? And that, like, meant something like bad you know like pretty much like something like very devilish you know or tainted or something like that so um i'm gonna look it up really quick you keep talking well um i do think it's interesting that the imagery of certain things comes in like the color of dresses because it's kind of like that's why when you get married you're supposed to wear a white dress because you know in the old days you're not supposed to have sex before marriage and white was supposed to be pure and that's why a lot of people have started going to like cream dresses because they're like "Ah, I don't care and so um, that's why a lot of people when they do their second marriage they will go in a different color than white for that reason like if they've been divorced because they're like oh in the tradition of things you know white wouldn't be fitting but I think just wear whatever you want. So there's my quick piece on it while, while T is looking up stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, the whole, like, bullshit about freaking wearing white. Like, wear whatever the hell you want, you know? Um, but, 
freaking what you call it. Uh, I don't know what the hell I was gonna say, but yeah, she's just distracted searching. <laughs> I don't know. I um, I just wanted to find it because it was just something. On, but who cares? Um, yeah, I absolutely love Beetlejuice. It is uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of my favorite Halloween movies of all time. And I'm sure that there are plenty of people who can agree with me. So I will leave it at that. Um, Brittany, please tell us what your number two is, even though I'm pretty sure I already know what it is. (laughs) I told you this. It has been on like three of my lists so far. And (laughs) I just don't care. Okay. Okay, Tia, I just don't care. I just buy I love Silence of the Lamb and I love Hannibal. I love Sterling. I don't like uh Buffalo Bill. He scares the shit out of me. But it was the only scary movie I could stomach as a kid. Because I would get so terrified. A quick backstory. I could not not sleep with my parents until like way too old of an age because I was so afraid of like something getting me in my room and that's why I couldn't watch those scary commercials because if I saw them before bed it was like whoop right back into the parents bed or making a pallet on the floor so that I wouldn't have to deal with it but for some reason like if it's serial killers I'm not scared if it's something supernatural I'm scared now which one of those sounds more realistic of actually happening but um, I, always, I always found Hannibal so interesting because I think it was the first time as a kid I had watched something where where the bad guy could win, that the bad guy wasn't just a bad guy, if that makes sense, that Hannibal was someone that even though he was evil and bad, he was like a leading figure for the female lead and actually got gets away at the end, which to me just never happened in a movie. To me, I was like, the bad guy always loses. The bad guy never gets what he wants. But this almost friendship that forms between them. And as a kid, you know, I was obsessed with Megatron and stuff, so I always loved the villain and everything. So to see him so devilish and so uh, almost, like, nurturing with Sterling in his own weird way was very interesting in how he couldn't stand for um, for people to be rude because to him that made them less than human. And at that point, that's the whole reason he eats people is because he's like, oh, well, I see them as less as human, and what do we eat? We eat animals, so I'm going to eat the animals, which is super messed up. There's more of a backstory to that, though. But you have the issue of, like, Sterling looking for Buffalo Bill because this guy is taking heavier women and starving them so their skin is loose so that he can make, like, a bodysuit out of it because he wants to uh, be what he admires most, which, you know, um, which is interesting because Hannibal even points out that Buffalo Bill, he said, you know, you may assume that he's, wanting to be trans like not wanting to be but that he's trans wanting to transition because he even tries to they allude that he had tried to get a sex change before but that even I think when you're trying to do like the evaluation for it they were like oh he's not trans he just is like he he that he was 
sick because he was wanting it for the wrong reasons. And so that since he couldn't get the transition, he basically turned to murdering women. I think that's what it was. He wasn't in a healthy enough mental state to be wanting that sort of thing, which you remember, it's like that movie was uh, made in 1990, I think. So still very interesting compared to our current times with people's feelings about it. But uh, I just, I'm obsessed with that movie. I could go on and on, but it was always so scary and I loved it. I loved Hannibal. Uh, A lot of people will wear the Hannibal mask on Halloween that uh, the, the mouth guard he wears whenever he's meeting with, I think, the senator, I think it was. But, oh, no, I love that movie. <laughs> I know you do. Um, I wanted to say really quick before I comment on Silence of the Lambs, because as you said, it has been on multiple of our lists and probably will be on more lists to come. But I wanted to say that I finally found the two I The whole thing is that uh, Tim Burton did it because there's a rhyme about wedding dress colors, and it's married in red, better off dead. So oh. that's why. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I just wanted to comment on that really quick. But, yes, of course, uh, when Brittany and I were talking about doing – the uh, top 10 Halloween movies, I said to her, I go, let's not, you know, tell each other our uh, list because, you know, we want to do a little bit more of an element of surprise. And she was like, okay, that sounds fine with me, but of course you know that Silence of the Lambs is going to be on this freaking list. I was like, of course, you know, of course, of course. I mean, that, that is, uh, that's a given, obviously. Um, and as I say all the time, I, you know, knew about Silence of the Lambs, of course, because how could you not? It's so ingrained into our cinematic culture. But I had never actually fully seen it until Brittany sat my ass down and made me watch Silence of the Lambs. And, and I'm so happy that she did because it is a masterpiece and it is frightening. Uh, Hannibal Lecter is a very scary man because if you think about it, to me at least, I don't think there's anything scarier than a person who is willing to eat another person. Because then as oh, you yeah. say, you know, then they're not looking at you as if you are a person. They're looking at you as if you are an animal. Um, and that is how Hannibal Lecter views certain people who are very rude. Uh, and I love the idea of, you know, he – what I love about the movie, right, is that he is not the direct bad guy in this, even though he is, you know, a bad guy. But instead, they must kind of push that aside, his, you know, previous crimes, to go to him because there's someone else out there that they need help with. Um, And they need to save women. And, you know, Hannibal is kind of, like, toying with this idea because it's uh, he's such an intelligent person that, you know, it's very uh, very much a game and this gives him also, you know, more time with Clarice and the whole Buffalo Bill thing, which is, again, very, very scary. Um, like, that, it puts the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. I mean, that is a terrifying uh. thing. That is a terrifying thing. This guy is keeping you and again, it goes along with the idea that when he looks at you, he is not looking at you and seeing a person. He is looking at you and seeing 
skin because he's going to kill you and he's going to skin you alive. Um, oh, yeah, and great. Wonderful. And that's fucking terrifying. Uh, so Silence of the Lambs certainly is um, a horror movie, a psychological thriller, something that certainly, I think, holds up to even this day. I mean, Anthony Hopkins did the performance of a lifetime. I love, I love Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sorry, I had to add that sir in there. I'm so disrespectful. No, I know. I was very disrespectful there about not giving him his due. Uh, you know, sir Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> No, I love it. I, I, I and sorry for uh, it was actually supposed to be earlier on, and then I I got distracted and I picked something else, and I was like, no, I didn't mean to put it at the number one again. Even though I love oh the movie, God. I was trying to get something else. It's like chance. Can you imagine if you like went through this whole freaking thing and completely forgot to um? Oh, I died. <laughs> Thinking about that, like, can you imagine if you forget to even put this on the list? Like, I would, I would do that. I would make us go back. <laughs> you know what? No, we have to annex one of these choices and replace it with Silence of the Lambs. Oh yeah, except I will do one of yours. No, joking. <laughs> Did you know that Silence of the Lambs won? Hang on, one, two, three, four, five. Won five Oscars. Oh, yeah, it was all in one go. Like, they, I think there's, like, a running joke that it was, like, the year of Silence of the Lamb because it won in every – it got nominated in, like, everything and won it, in everything. It got, it got nominated in seven, um, you know, uh, slots and won the five top slots. So it didn't win Best Film Editing and it did not win Best Sound, but it won – the big ones, the, the important ones, the ones that you really the care about. The important ones. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay. I mean, those are the big ones. Those are like the giant mammoths that you look for. It also won a Golden Globe. It won uh, a British Academy Film Awards. I mean, it won like fucking everything. I think, you know, what's funny is I think actually Sir Anthony Hopkins was giving up on acting by that point because he he was successful, but I think he was going to go back to, like, Britain and just, like, I think leave it alone, and then he got that role and it, like, reboosted him. He's one of the most amazing actors of all time. Like, I'm wondering if we'll even get to see him a little in the third season of Westworld. I hope so. God, I hope so. <laughs> I just want Westworld to come out already. Like, Jesus Christ. I feel like i got to wait longer than Game of Thrones for this shit. Me and Sir Anthony Hopkins were just separated at some point in life in our reincarnations, and we just didn't meet up at the right point this time. God damn. That, that, is, that is intense. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. Sir Anthony Hopkins needs to get a restraining order on you. (laughs) No, no. I regret nothing. I know you don't. But I love Silence of the Lambs. I love how it always makes its way onto our list. And I'm honestly okay with it because it's a masterpiece. But um, we have gotten down to the final uh, choice on our top 
10 Halloween movies. Um, and as always, I'm going to name off what we, uh, what we've already picked. Um, and we have Casper, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Halloween Town, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Quantum Mansion, Hocus Pocus, Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, Beetlejuice, Silence of the Lambs, and before I get to the number one, I think that this would be a fun thing, Brittany, uh, for Halloween. Um, what is your favorite Halloween candy? What's funny is I was wondering when you would get to this because I had one picked out for each pick and like a uh, top I pick. know. I know. Uh, I uh, I didn't do my homework with that one. So I was like, let's just do one. <laughs> so Can I have right a now. tie on candy? Can I have a tie? Yes. Yes, you can. It's a tie between sour punch straws and Snickers. Really? <laughs> yes, because I love sour candy, but I freaking love me some Snickers. Snickers is a good one. Snickers is a very good one. Um, I'm going to be very typical and say Reese's Pieces are my favorite. Oh, uh, girl, those are good. And I especially love putting, I'm going to be weird here. I like putting my chocolate in the refrigerator because I like it nice and cold and I like it nice and hard with sounds well. But it's uh, firm, <laughs> Tia, firm, warning. <laughs> that sounds wrong too. Um, yeah, I like putting, I like them cold. So I like putting my chocolate in the refrigerator, which apparently everyone else thinks is super weird. Polly was like, I like it room temperature, and Kelly literally um, used to sit on her chocolate bars to make it, like, warm and melty. Um, Oh, my gosh. No, we always froze Snicker bars, but I was always, my teeth are so sensitive to the cold, I would hate it, but I would love how it was. It would just make them too firm and (laughs) it would be hard to bite through, but I had a friend, she would freeze grapes. Oh, yeah. Which hurt See, my I, too. I love things like super cold. When um, my grandparents lived in Florida and they had a blackberry uh, tree, they would put them in the freezer so that when we ate ice cream, then you can throw the frozen blackberries in with the ice cream. Oh, so, blackberries like and ice cream are the best. Yeah, so I'm sorry that we didn't get to do uh, the candy for each pick, but I wanted to kind of at least do one of them because uh, I'm not the biggest candy person. I'm much more of a savory person, but if I have to pick candy, it's going to be Reese's Pieces, and I also really do love Almond Joys, which I'm probably like the only person out there that likes Almond Joys. But I like Almond almond. Joys, but I also Um, like Mounds, which sounds sexual. Mounds is essentially just almond joys. They just didn't put an almond in it. (laughs) I know. um, I think I like the texture better without the almond. Well, I like it crunchy. Um, But everyone who's listening is probably like, okay, what's the number one? Well, now that you asked, it's another, uh, it's my all-time favorite Halloween movie. I played it on actual Halloween before I went to work. It's also another Tim Burton movie, and it is The Nightmare Before Christmas, which... Oh, I knew it. It is a Halloween movie, guys, all right? Just because it has Christmas themes, it is a, it is a multi, 
holiday movie, both Christmas and Halloween, okay? You have Halloween Town, Skeletons, Frankenstein. Don't tell me it's not a Halloween movie, okay? Okay. Um, this movie <laughs> is one of my all-time favorite movies of all time. I love the stop-motion uh, animation to it. I love the story that you have uh, this town that's literally called Halloween Town, and they celebrate Halloween pretty much. Uh, well, they celebrate, say, once a year. They just prepare for it all year round. And Jack Skellington is their fearless leader, who they all adore. But he has become highly uh, sad and bored with this idea of, um, you know, doing this every single year. And he yearns for more. Well, one day while he's walking around, he stumbles upon the idea that there are other towns around other holidays, and he's attracted to the one that has the Christmas tree on it. He discovers Christmas, and he wants to have Halloween Town celebrate Christmas. But, of course, his Halloween Town, you know, inhabitants don't understand it. They're ghouls and goblins and vampires and, you know, everything above. They're skeletons hanging from trees and Sally and everything. They don't know how to do this. Um, So they put their own spin on it. They, at some point, kidnap Santa, uh, and <laughs> they try to do Christmas, and it obviously goes horribly. And on top of all Sandy this, you have... Sandy Claus. Sandy I know, everything's Jack Skellington. Sandy Claus. Um, but on top of all this, while they're... Because, you know, and the songs. The songs are amazing. But, you know, as they say, like, you know... That's our job, but we're not mean. Um, but you have the Oogie Boogie Man, who is mean, who is not a big fan of Jack Skellington, and he decides to kidnap Sandy Claus. But instead, we're, you know, Jack wanted to kidnap Sandy Claus just for the mere fact of getting him out of the way so that he could celebrate Christmas. And then he was going to return Sandy Claus. But Oogie Boogie wants to literally eat. Sandy Claus. So then at the end of the movie, Jack has to, you know, save Sandy Claus. Sandy Claus is like, you need to listen to Sally because Sally, the whole entire movie, was trying to tell Jack what an idiot he was. And he was like, that's my holiday. You stick in your lane. But I do like the end. I do love love him. Basically, like, stay in your lane. He is pretty much like, this is my holiday. He was like, if I were you, I'd listen to her, mentioned, like motioning to Sally. She's the only one with brains around here. But then I do like at the end when he leaves, he makes it snow so that at least the Halloween Town people can experience snow. Um, and I love it. I love like when Jack realizes at the end that he is the pumpkin king, you know, and this is his, you know, shit. And you know what? He does love it. He just was going through a funk, and he needed almost to experience this to realize how much he loves Halloween. So, um, which, by the way, we were listening to it, and Paulie pointed out that he was a man from Kentucky. <laughs> so that's where he's originally from. Uh, but, yeah, I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. Brittany, please tell me you've seen this movie. I remember we you made me watch it for the first time. Oh, Thank God for me. <laughs> he said Kentucky, and I was like, is this where Tim from Justified came from? After he died, he just came to this freaking place. Oh, my God. 
But no. what are your thoughts about The Nightmare Before Christmas? I think it's amazing. I think that this was every emo slash goth kid's dream. Uh, oh, yeah. All those kids from school all have Jack Skeleton tattoos now. No joke. They used to draw him on their body. They all wanted to be Sally. I know you probably wanted to be Sally. Everybody was, like, obsessed with it, and I had just never uh, seen it back then. They always had the Hot Topic Nightmare Before Christmas attire. Well, I was going to say, it was, like, on every backpack and T-shirt. And as the Blink-182 song says, we can be like Jack and Sally if you want. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> but um, I do think. Um, what else do I gotta say about it right quick? Oh, Sally like drugging her like maker slash father was always like when we watched I was like that's dark, but I was like also like okay because they can't technically die. But uh, I do I always like the mayor and his like Jack like when he's whining <laughs> like looking for him and his face turns sad, kind of terrified me. There's only 365 days till next Halloween. 364. Um, oh my god! It was dark. Sally drugging her creator, but if you think about it, he was like an abusive husband. She couldn't go out. He said, "I created you. You're not allowed," and all that. And she just wanted to have a little bit of freedom. I mean, she literally jumped out of the tower that she lived in to go to freedom and ended up becoming unwoven, and she had to sew herself back up, you know? I mean, that's pretty, like, dark themes um, for, you know, this movie. But, you know, at, me, per- me personally, my favorite scene is at the end where uh, Oogie Boogie has Sandy Claus and Sally tied up to that, like, platform. He's planning on throwing them into, like, you know, the uh, – the molten lava, pretty much, and when he, like, presses the button, it goes, there's Jack instead, and he's like, hello, Oogie, and I'm like, oh! <laughs> I, also, I also want to say that every, I also want to say that every emo kid probably also had a crush on Jack, just putting it out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the songs were amazing, okay? Like, that soundtrack still is, like, one of the best soundtracks ever. Um, and that's all by a Danny Elfman or something who did, like, a ton of soundtracks for, say, like, Tim Burton movies. So, yeah. I love, I love the love. covers they did of them, that they did CDs. Like, they had Corn, Smiley. Marilyn Manson. Amy Lee. Amy Brittany, you need to get a new phone or a new headset because, we are not hearing you properly, and I know the audience wants to hear you properly. I was saying, like, there's, like, Flyleaf and Corn. Uh, I'm trying to – oh, and Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah, I love Marilyn Manson's uh, rendition of, this is Halloween, this is Halloween. And then Amy Lee did Sally's song where she pretty much, you know, talks about how she doesn't ever think that – her and Jack will ever be together, but they do get together in the end, which of course, you know, is why we say we could be like Jack and Sally, because they were like the greatest love. F Romeo and Juliet, it's all about Jack and Sally. Um, exactly, exactly. Sally tried to warn Jack, you know, don't go down this path, it's not good. You know, you're, first of all, you know, leading the people down somewhere that they're not used to, 
the public is not like Jack. You've been used to the world. Like, you know, uh, the public is not, you know, kids aren't going to want this, you know, they're used, you know, blah, blah, blah. And also don't fucking get these, you know, lock, stock, and whatever their names were, you know, kidnapped Santa Claus because they work for Oogie Boogie, you know? Um, I love when they like guns, like references. I love that they kidnapped the Easter Bunny at some point. <laughs> and he's like, no, the e- not the Easter Bunny. Um, but, yeah, I love a nightmare before Christmas. And it definitely deserves to be the number one on this list. Uh, Brittany, did you have any honorable mentions that you want to throw out there? Um, oh, I can't think of any. Well, there was Twitches. Growing up with uh, the Tia and Tamara twins, but I can't remember oh, much about it. And then um, I can't think of any, like right off the top of my head. Well, my few honorable mentions are uh, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That was a tradition for me as a child. Young Frankenstein. I'm going to count James and the Giant Peach as a Halloween movie. Edward Scissorhands. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, pretty much any Tim Burton movie. Oh, it's like Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride, Coraline. Um, there's just so freaking many. Uh, Sweeney Todd, you know? Like, Tim Burton just probably lives in Halloween, like, 24-7. But, Brittany, I absolutely loved this top ten. I loved celebrating Halloween with you. Uh, and going through our favorite Halloween movies, um, needless to say, it's probably one of my favorite holidays, if not my favorite holiday, next to Thanksgiving, just because I love the food. But, um, Brittany, why don't you tell the audience what we can expect from you? I know that you've been streaming a lot, so when can we expect you to stream next? I was going to say, I should be making the schedule tonight. I should be on my regularly uh, scheduled either doing it at 1 o'clock or 3 o'clock Central Time. I'm going to be playing some Outer Worlds, so that'll be a fun time. Uh, I was excited because I hit 100 followers today, so big thank you to everybody that followed me. It was super exciting. And join in with the fun. You can find me at uh, Itty Bitty Brits at Twitch, or you can find me at Itty Bitty Brit Zero at Twitter, since obviously Itty Bitty Brit was already taken. But yeah, it's a good time. Awesome, awesome. And uh, everyone who's listening in, we have Geek Vibes Live coming at 3 o'clock today, um, which I'll also be involved with, so make sure that you check that out. Please uh, look at, out for my Twitter and Instagram, Baby. Find us, uh, Geek Vibes Nation, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, also check out geekvibesnation.com. We have all of our awesome podcasts. I really enjoyed doing this one with you this week, Brittany. And as you said, we did a lot better job on our time management. So I'm really excited to see <laughs> what we got for next week. And good luck with everything today. I know that you got a busy day. And everyone who's listening, thank you for taking the time to listen to us. And happy Halloween. Thank you, Brittany, and have a good day, everyone. Okay, you too. Bye.